Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel. I am one of your hosts, Lexi. I am the Annihilator host, Evan Von Doom. And I am a nihilist! No, I'm just kidding. I'm Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nihilist now. What a letdown. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell from these two hooligans of what we're going over today, but we will be covering dun 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 Annihilation. And we are joined by our favorite Evan. Hello, Evan, again. <laughs> Hi, Lexi. Hi, Dallas. Glad to be here. Also, I'm glad Dallas is here and not a nihilist. Yeah. I was joking before. I didn't mean that. I want to make that very clear. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> I'm heartbroken. I will be doing the whole thing in my Annihilus voice the whole way through, even if it hurts my voice. <laughs> just passes this is worth away it, at the end of the episode. <laughs> this is the best case scenario. <laughs> Listen, so hear me out. Hear me out. When the MCU gets to Annihilation, they oh. should cast Steve Buscemi as Annihilus. Ooh, my go-to is Mark Hamill, but I do like Ooh, that. Mark Hamill would be a good Annihilus. I don't want any c- CGI on Steve Buscemi, though, either. Just like, <laughs> let, let his bug Paint eyes sell it. Paint him green. <laughs> give him some cheap antennas and some wings. And just let him be like, bah, bah, bah! <laughs> it would be perfect. Annihilus is the best cosmic villain because he has no anything behind him at all like for as much as thanos is like what does it mean to become a god and Nihilus is like i'm gonna eat everything <laughs> <laughs> and it's perfect i love it it was also great because i was a fantastic four fan before i even read annihilation so i was already familiar with Annihilus, and i, I loved him he's like my second favorite behind of uh, of uh, victor von doom obviously but um so seeing him pop up in this and being like, like when I was reading it for the first time and like you're flipping through and then you get to the page where it's like revealed that Annihilus is it. I was like, I don't know if anyone else gets how cool this is. But for me, seeing this big old nerd character come up and be like the main event is like so sweet and satisfying. And he's such that, a fun character. That was a little bit like when I was watching the Loki show and Kang was the bad guy. Like I knew yeah. it was coming, I sensed it was coming, but like Kang is my number two to Doctor Doom. Every time that guy shows up in his purple go-go boots and his little pink <laughs> and it's like, I've come to fuck with time! I he better have those boots in the MCU or I will riot. Absolutely riot. He's got the purple thigh highs <laughs> and the poofy green pants. He's perfect. I don't remember what comic it was, but recently I was reading one where he gives this whole like spiel to another villain about how they can't fuck with the timeline. And they're like, you're Kang. Don't you do exactly that and he goes uh he's like i do this for i am kang and then he just like walks away and i was like you are everything to me so annihilus is cool but kang is cooler i'm just gonna throw that out there he's cooler but is he more fun let's debate not right now but in general a general vibe of debate (laughs) alexis alexis i need you to break the tie here who is more camp annihilus yelling at his queen wait wait pause pause camp obviously it's king that's not fair no one said that that wasn't that's not how we're deciding listen listen i'm gonna throw it out there Annihilus might be camp. Like his with his wings yeah. and his gaping maw and screaming at his queens that are like, I would like to be more than a concubine. And he's like, You will not presume. <laughs> 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 Annihilus, Annihilus, Annihilus. 
I also like to think Anila says his name like a Pokemon. Yes, obviously. Anilus! Anilus! Dennis is like, I choose you, Anilus. <laughs> Anilus is the final form of uh, Weedle. Weedle becomes Anilus. Mm. This all makes sense. It's all coming together. Lexi, what are your thoughts on Anilus? <laughs> Well, to be completely honest with you, Evan, I went into this week with star-shaped glasses, just thinking it was going to be the best week ever. And then I texted Dallas about an hour ago. I said, what the fudge did I just read? What is this? (laughs) I go, please dumb this down for me. And he did. He called me and dumbed it down, which I even did extra homework. I even did extra. I read... What is it? The pro? What was that? The prologue. The yeah, prologue. I read the prologue. Yeah. And then I even watched an amazing video by our friend Matt Draper. Everyone go watch that video. It ruled. And it mm-hmm. did help, but not 100%. I told him, Oof. I said, I feel like I'm trying to take a little tiny bite out of this huge ass apple and I don't know how to do it. That but- is why I wanted to switch to Hawkeye very like last minute because yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was thinking about Annihilation. I totally forgot we were doing it. And I was like, without doing the entire omnibus, it doesn't. It's, it's hard to get into as a first-time yeah. reader. So I apologize in advance no, for that. It's okay. It's okay. So I hope you enjoyed some of it. I did. Yeah. I did After... like picking out the characters that I knew. I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense. A little bit of the pieces from the Guardians run that we did a couple weeks ago. So I was able to like kind of pick those pieces out, which was good. So it, I don't think that it was not a good week. It just really made me reconsider going back to college (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) annihilation studies (laughs) yep with your brain gears grinding though what were the parts that stood out good and bad for you while you're reading this like what made it hard to read but then what did you have fun with um i feel like well i kind of mentioned to you one of the harder parts was like i feel like they're like the climax of the story didn't hit quite as hard for me because i didn't have all of the back knowledge of them getting their asses kicked for however many issues <laughs> and like hating their life and saying how bad they would like this to be over. So I feel like when it finally got to that point, it didn't really have that magnitude for me. I was like, oh, cool. What's his face is gone. The end. Um, <laughs> but I really did like, I liked getting an actual, like an actual background to Nova because he's like kind of skirted around the edges of my comic book experience for the past few months because like he's popped up in a few different things we've seen him he's been mentioned but I never really got like a good look at his character like I did in this so that was really fun his origin story is really sad um the Peter Gamora thruple makes me laugh every time (laughs) understandable um but no I feel like I mean I have always really liked the Guardians of the Galaxy um, in movies from when I was first introduced to them and then also the comics that we have read. So it was fun to like see how all these crazy characters get roped into the same event, you could say. Yeah, I do have an important question for you. Do you think that Gamora is more effective in her MCU leather hot pants or her comic book thong that she fights in which is the deadlier outfit (sighs) see (laughs) from a female perspective (laughs) i would like to burn every thong on the face of the planet 
But mm. from a comic book perspective, as someone who likes women, um, maybe the thong, but also respectively the leather. <laughs> we'll be respectful on the pod. Listen, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think you have more mobility with the thong bottom. Yeah, yeah but have you ever had a wedgie like hair. that? No, you haven't. Listen, a wedgie like that. If I learn anything from John Tucker Must Die, is that thongs just give me more hops. So, <sighs> no, nothing is worse. Nothing is worse than when you can't escape the fact that you just constantly have a wedgie. That's just <laughs> your life. Yo, the other day There's I had no some relief. like I had some like tighter pants on with like some looser boxers on accident. <laughs> and like I got dressed really early in the morning and I wasn't until I was like on my bike that I was like this is going to be a problem. It's like the excess fabrics like there's only one place to go. And I was like, please crawl out of my butt. My underpants were like, we live here all day long. And that, I felt for women in that moment. Mm. I felt for the thong wearers of the world. I was like, you know what? I could kick higher in this. This is a better superhero outfit. Anne's not here. So as the fill-in lesbian, I have to say that the thong is better. Um, just overall. <laughs> So you're oh. here first. The Comics Collective is pro Gamora thong yeah. and right. uh, leather hot pants. <laughs> yes. Sometimes there's time and a place for both. Time and a place. There were some or panels. is it time for thong? <laughs> there were panels where it was just like Gamora ass, and I was <laughs> like, frankly, she is saving the galaxy. Yes. Outstanding work. We've had a lot of green women in the past few weeks. We've had a lot of green thirst yeah, we traps. Have. Yeah. We have. <laughs> We said Evan's coming on. What if we did Green Thirst Trap every week? And we and keep reading Invincible. It's not going to stop. No. <laughs> my favorite. My favorite. There's a lot of feet in this moment of Invincible. <laughs> is realizing how many times ladies with fish faces are the object of like sexual desire. I'm like Robert Kirkman wants to fuck a fish. Like yeah. it comes up. A lot of times, there's like a fish lady that's like, you gotta have sex with a fish lady. It's like, why does this keep coming up? That's the invincible (laughs) Quentin Tarantino feet moment. Fish ladies. Fish ladies. There are no fish ladies in Annihilation, though. So Just bug ladies. (laughs) Well, hold on. In the prologue, there's kind of a fish lady. There's a blue lady who dies. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh, yeah. Spoiler, everybody dies. <laughs> also, I guess, before, I guess before we go on to spoilers, Dallas, would you like to tell us about the production and what led up to Annihilation? Why, yes, Evan. I would like to do that. So, for those that are not in the know, prior to Annihilation, other than a few odds and ends stories from Jim Starlin about Thanos... Marvel Cosmic had largely been on a hiatus since Infinity Gauntlet, which was the last really big cosmic event. And so in the lead up to Marvel's Civil War down on Earth, where Joe Quesada and all the other editors across the line put all of their attention onto Civil War, they gave the green light finally to Marvel's Cosmic Sector to go ahead and do an event. And so to sort of like soft launch Annihilation, the miniseries Drax, the Destroyer, was released. And it didn't sell like crazy, but it was warmly received. So they knew that 
their event that they wanted to do was going to have some success. And it was very much viewed as the alternative reading to Civil War. And basically, if you didn't like what was going on on Earth, you could bounce back and go see this massive like Star Wars scope story that was going on with Marvel Cosmic. And while all these characters are very familiar to us now because of the MCU and because of stories that happened because of this, people like Nova, like Drax the Destroyer, like Star-Lord, like Gamora, were nobodies. And like a really interesting tidbit, the editor, Andy Schmidt, that did Annihilation really wanted Rocket and Groot to be in Annihilation. And he was told, no, they're too obscure. We are not going to let you use them yet. And so they didn't show up until Annihilation Conquest after this had already been successful. So it was kind of a fun hodgepodge of creators coming together while the spotlight was over on Civil War, just getting to do whatever they wanted out in space. And they were able to create a piece that really sang because they had passion about it, but they also didn't have so much oversight that it crippled the project. So that's a little bit of where Annihilation comes from leading into our discussion. I just got to say, Annihilation would not have gotten as far as it would as it did if Rocket Raccoon would have been involved. Would have been over. Listen, he would have put those bugs <laughs> in the dirt immediately. Right away. <laughs> oh, good times. Um, then... <laughs> I do think the stakes of Annihilation are very real because in New York right now, there's this moth that showed up that like all the ecologists are like, everyone, we're giving you permission. Kill this bug on site because it will destroy the ecosystem out here. Like it will kill Central Park if these things flourish. And so we're just (laughs) going to kill bugs on site, which feels nice. (laughs) But they are wily bastards that never fully go away. So reading Annihilation, I was like, bugs are a real threat. We cannot threat. we cannot underestimate the threat of bugs. I was like, if it's good enough I for the god of the Old Testament, bugs. it is good enough for Annihilus. <laughs> if I see any type of bug in the house, I will burn the house down. The end. Oh, yeah. You got to. What are you going to do? Live with it? Sure. Not on my watch. No. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. I don't like bugs. Specifically, centipedes for me are the ones that are the biggest. They lived in our basement when we were kids, and you lived you lived in the basement when we were kids. Exactly, (laughs) horrifying. Centipedes all around. But we don't need to dive into my trauma. Scorpions are also like my biggest. Oh, scorpions, man! If they glow, if they glow, yeah, that is the first indication. That they are not to be messed with. The end. No. Also, if you ever see a scorpion, rule of thumb, the smaller the claws, the more deadly they are. Like, stinger-wise. Just run. Just, Just run. Not worth it. Except your doom. The end. Yeah. Blech. Blech. Bugs. Scorpions are like trucks. The smaller they are, the more punch they have from inside. Like, if you see a big <laughs> truck going by, you know there's not a lot of sting in that car, if you know what I mean. But yeah, if you see a little... T- Exactly. I'll say it. But if you see a little truck, I won't get in trouble. (laughs) If you see a little truck go by, probably got a schlong. I'm I'm just gonna throw Mm. it out there. Yes. 
Alexis is sitting there like, oh, no, my boyfriend drives a big truck and he <laughs> has a small penis. Leave cars without this. <laughs> no, I just was tr- burdened with the horrible thought of your high school truck. And I decided to keep my mouth shut. Big oh. old truck for my little tiny wiener. <laughs> oh, the first one. <laughs> I did have a little truck first. <laughs> Gross. A man of mystery. Yeah. Burn it. I had both trucks. Keep people guessing. <laughs> and now he rides a bike. Well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> None. Not existed. <laughs> Inside of me. But, <laughs> before we get more into our main discussion of Annihilation, do you want to give a quick story breakdown for the people that have not read Annihilation? Yes. First and foremost, if you're going to read Annihilation, read Annihilation. We will be discussing spoilers going forward. I'll try to... I'll, I won't give any more detail than I need to, but just to set the stage, I'll tell you, and then I'll go into a little bit more um, breakdown of what ends up happening throughout the story. So we really start the story. um, The big moment is really with Nova. Uh, We follow Richard Ryder. uh, Yes, Dick Ryder, get out of the way. So Richard goes to a new section. Like they all, all the Nova corps are coming in (laughs) to the Nova um, base to discuss what's happening in the universe. And basically there's a giant, thing is going through the universe and planets are just disappearing and they don't really know what's going on and they the nova force hasn't been able to stop it suddenly this force comes through and wipes out all the nova force uh except for richard Ryder. so he's experiencing this huge traumatic event as everyone around him dies um and that really sets the stage that's in the prologue and that sets the stage of who what's to come and they're wondering who's behind it and turns out who's behind this is none other than the World famous, Fantastic Four villain, the one you know and love, the Dr. Annihilus. That's right, Annihilus from the Necroverse, who is a giant green bug lord who um, always kicks people's ass. Question, does Annihilus have a PhD? Um, If you asked him, he would say yes. In what? What do you think he would say? Dr. Annihilus. Either in bug or death. Major in death, minor in bug. So. Camp. So true. He's that camp. camp. That's camp. Yes. Also, just his big gaping maw all the time. Hot. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. hot. It's like the guy on TikTok that's like the five hottest birds. If he's Number like, one. Annihilus. What kind of TikTok are you on? It is so funny. I'll send you one. <laughs> He'll be like, look you... at the flamingo. It's all neck, which is very sexy. <laughs> he's so funny. He's so funny. <laughs> like, Annihilus, all wing, all mouth. All scream. All sexy. Nothing good to say at the end. Just wants to complain to his wives. wives. (laughs) He just wants to scream. I love when Phyla's like, Annihilus called you a lackey. And Thanos is like, I'm not going to let that hurt me on the inside. He can say whatever he wants. (laughs) And thus created Infinity War, the movie is the end. (laughs) Yeah. That was his 13th reason why. He's like, fine, I'll do it myself. But (laughs) we've interrupted Evan. Back to you in the It's A-OK. Um, so Nihilus is the big villain of this. And so everyone in the universe is slowly coming together to try to fight them. The Kree are teaming up with Scrolls, which is unheard of. Like, they're not trying to, but they end up having to. So run, the big players in this one that you might recognize, you have Nova, Peter Quill, Star-Lord, Gamora plays a, like a minor role. Uh, Drax the Destroyer is around. Ronan the Accuser plays a big role. The Super Scroll, um, also from Fantastic Four, um, is playing a big role in this. Am I missing? Silver Surfer ends up playing a big role, but he plays more of a role, I think, in the setup to this. Um, 
So going and then Thanos, obviously. Thanos is a big role of this. So you're probably wondering how Thanos fits into this. And it turns out he's a lackey of Annihilus working with him um, to secure Annihilation. And he's not exactly sure what Annihilus' plan is, but he knows a lot of deaths involved. So he's kind of like, I'm curious about what's going to happen here. I got a question. Evan, do you know who the Tinkerbell on Thanos' shoulder through all this is? Because I do not know what her story is. I looked it up before, and I can't remember it, but I think it's from whatever Thanos-related quest was before this. That's where she's from. And she just stuck around, and Thanos was like, I won't kill you for whatever reason, but you can stay around, even though you kind of annoy me. I remember looking it up in the past. I don't remember reading that story, whatever it's from, but that's all I know, to be honest. Perfect. Everyone needs a little woman next time. <laughs> and Thanos, he found himself yeah. a little woman. Yes, and my little woman's my girlfriend. She's my, about four foot nothing. My little woman is my wife. She also wow. about four foot nothing. Mm. As a large woman, I have to say fuck you. But the <laughs> <laughs> you just need to find a little woman. I do. Her name's Juno. The I was gonna say, what about Juni? <laughs> Juni can be a little woman. She is a little woman who's really fat, but that's okay. Oh, little oh, woman can be fat too. Woman. They made a whole movie about how everyone needs a little woman. Little women. Yes. There are four of them. It's a perfect movie. And all that movie taught me is that Timothy Chalamet ain't shit. The end. So true. So learn that from Little Woman or from Little Bird. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, Saoirse Ronan really just telling us over and over again, Timmy Chalamet. Don't trust Timothy Timothy Chalamet. And Dune Part 2 is about to come out. So, you know, so don't just trust keep Timothy going. Chalamet. Don't trust Timothy Chalamet. Timothy uh, Salamander. Can't be trusted. <laughs> All of those think pieces from Dune Part 1 that's like, this is colonialist propaganda. They uh, better all write their little redactions when Dune Part 2 comes out that it's like, that was the point of the movie. Numb no, nuts. I still never <laughs> seen that movie. It's good. You're not missing out. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't Thomas read Dune, <gasps> if you haven't read Dune, I love, um, I looked up how to his name, but then Denis Venu. Um, he's the director of Dune Part One. He did one of my favorite, one of my favorite movies, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and Arrival, and Prisoners, and Enemy. He's an amazing director, and the movie looks great. Everyone acts great. It's really, really cool to watch. It's also oh, boring good. as hell. Um, if you haven't read Dune and you don't know what's going on, the movie doesn't really hold your hand, which is cool for Dune readers. But for me, a guy who's only kind of a nerd when it's things he really likes, I'm just kind of like, I understand what's going on. Also, this isn't a full movie. There's not an arc in this movie. It's literally part one. You have to have the second part. So I can't judge the first part until I have the second part. So for the first part of the movie, I'm just like, wow, the movie just ends. This isn't a movie. This is part one for a movie. I need a full movie to have a full movie. So I can't really say it's good or bad, but all I can say for right now, this is like the first half of a movie that so far is just a slow burn and there's nothing that's happening. It's all set up for the next part. That's all it is, set up, which is really cool. You see a giant fucking worm? Great. Show me the man worm. I want to see the man transform into the worm. Where's that? I didn't see that. I just see the giant worm. Spoilers for Doom. <laughs> but you're not missing out. Go watch Star Wars. Evan, who hurt you? Dune. <laughs> Everyone hyped up Doom, being like, Dune's Dune great. Did you, you see Dune yet? I'm going to go see Dune. No. Yeah, I go see Dune. I went and saw Dune. I was like, this is really cool. And then the movie ended. I was like, oh, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Just all set up. Really cool stuff. When, when Dune Part 2 comes out and it's really cool and I love it, I'll take back this statement. But as of right now, you're asking me to like invest fully in half a movie? No, I'm not going to do that. If someone showed me the first half of Blade Runner, it was like, that's the movie. You can't wait to the part two. 
I can't, I can wait because this wasn't a full movie. I'm curious about what happens next, but I don't have a full arc. Like no character has arc. All right, listen, you could have two parts of a movie, but you have to have someone having an arc and no one has an arc in the movie. So it's not a movie. It's just a part, which they call it part one, but also it's just a part. So how am I supposed to base a opinion on it? It's really annoying. <laughs> I don't know how to feel and it's annoying. I need part two. So I have a full completion. Dallas does a great job. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Danny <laughs> Blunwave was not able to bring Evan to completion. Anyway, back to Annihilation. You should you should all oh, watch yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine instead. It's a perfect movie. Blade Runner perfect any, movie. Every person's like Blade Runner twenty forty nine was so slow. Shut the hell up. It was perfect. It had to be that slow. It had to be. Every single thing is important. Everything. It is crazy. Oh, also, that might be my favorite movie of all time. Good. It should be up there. Dallas watched it with me for the first time. I got to experience him, experience what it was like for me to experience it for the first time. It was awesome. I was just <laughs> slack jaw, looking like a Nihilus, just ready to scream at the screen. It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. am excited for Dune Part Two, but I do, I do understand your complaints. I've just read that book, so I, yeah. I was like, <gasps> ah, ah, the whole time. I already knew the story, but I understand where you're coming from. I appreciate it. Also, Oscar Isaac would make a really good Annihilus. That'd be very fun. Now I'm thinking about it. He would. So ham it up. He wouldn't have to be Moon Knight anymore. That's true. Anyway, yeah. I'll wrap up the plot because I don't want to spoil too much about what happens or anything. But basically, um, the really important things that happen is Nova goes off into the mini adventure in the side story that's not part of the main event and gets Nova Prime. And that's where he becomes the all-powerful Noble Prime. And all the Noble Force goes into him. And that allows him to have the energy to beat um, Annihilus. But in order to... the only Oh, oh I, forgot, I left out the best part. I'm sorry. Oh, Dallas is showing me a picture that I need to see. And I can't see. Well, it's Gamora's ass. It's just Gamora's ass uh, framing Ronin the Accuser's face. Um, so the big thing about Annihilus is that he has this basically set up that he can't lose. The Annihilation Way is in, in unstoppable. And they're not sure why it's so powerful or how he's destroying all these planets. And it's revealed that Thanos, for him, actually defeated Galactus and captured him and Silver Surfer and has been harnessing their cosmic energy. So that's another barrier they have to go through. And in order to defeat that, what happens is Moon Dragon, which is uh, Drax's uh, <laughs> daughter, kind of, um, she is able to infiltrate Annihilus or uh, Thanos captures her. She is able to infiltrate Annihilus's mind for Thanos. Thanos realizes that Annihilus is not actually a criminal masterbite, but is a huge idiot and obsessed with death. And so he decides he's going to shut off Galactus. But before he could do that, Drax finally shows up and completes his mission and rips out Thanos's heart through his chest. And so Drax ends up having to be the one to save the day by rescuing the Silver Surfer, who's able to rescue Galactus, who's able to stop the uh, Annihilation forces, leaving only Annihilus to be the final boss. And Annihilus is kicking everyone's ass. Nova shows up and tries to stop him, but he's being beat because Annihilus has the Quasar uh, bracelets, which isn't explaining the story, but I know because I'm a nerd. Uh, and so... The original, not the original, the second Captain Marvel, which is the daughter of the original Captain Marvel, shows up and takes off the bracelets, reclaims them, and then finally, um, Annalise is defeated by Richard Ryder, taking his hand, shoving it down Annalise's throat, ripping out his guts. It's the most metal thing you'll ever see in a Marvel comic, and you'll never see it on the big screen because Kevin Feige is a coward, and you heard it here first. 
And that is the basis of Annihilation. I did a very bad plot <laughs> synopsis, but you should go read it for yourself still. It's a lot of excitement and it's a very fun read. Also, if you're here, you should probably read it before. Like, you should be reading these comics before you come and engage with the podcast, I feel like, unless you decide that you're just not going to read the podcast, like the, the comics before. But that's just my take. I always read the comics before I come and enjoy the collective because I'm a real fan. And now mm. Dallas is talking, but he's muted. So I'm going to say what Dallas was trying to say was, that's right, Evan. You're very handsome and smart. Thank you, Dallas. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. That sure. there we go. I was literally agreeing with you, and I was going to say how handsome you are. Oh, thank you. Um. So, why does annihilation work for us? Like, this is a very popular event for a reason. Evan, you did a great job explaining the stakes, the scope of this massive war. But for you as a reader, Evan and Alexis, what made annihilation work or not work? Well, for me, what made it work was that off jump, they made Annihilus the main villain. So I was already sold on the whole event. But when I first read it, this time I only read the, the six issues in the prologue. But when I first read it, I read the whole omnibus, which has everything in like the order that you're supposed to read it in. And reading it in that order, it really sets up this big event. So even before you're introduced like to what the big event is, you have like a Drax mini story where he's on Earth meeting this space girl named Cammie. Um, and then you have... I believe the Silver Surfer story, which sets up things and some of the Ronan Accuser story happening. But it's really cool that this event takes all these characters that I never cared about, like Drax and Nova and Ronan, and I guess to an extent the Silver Surfer, and makes them matter to a larger conflict. And the conflict's very scary. Like the prologue really sets up how terrifying the Annihilation Wave is and how serious the event is. And I think it's hard to do when you have characters that you don't normally care for. But the comic's able to do that, make you care for these characters, put in these huge stakes, make you make a whole story come together in a big way. And you also have like a bunch of moments where they're really just like ter- page turners where you turn the page and you go, <gasps> like you turn the page and Galactus is strapped up to this giant ship. And you're like, holy shit. Or you turn the page and it's revealed that Annihilus is the big bad. Or you turn the page and Drax just shoved his hand through Thanos' chest. Or you turn the page and Galactus like is freed and he's like, I will have word with thee, motherfuckers. I'm coming in to fuck you up. It's like really cool stuff like that. And it just feels like a very metal and like very splashy event. And I love that. I agree. It just feels huge. Like when you're reading Annihilation, they sell the scope of a full galactic war. And I think something else that works really well for me, when I think of Marvel Cosmic, you've got fantastic four half and you've got x-men half of space and i love the fantastic four half of space with annihilus and galactus the silver surfer the kree the scrolls like i love all those little baddies so to see all of these characters that exist but hadn't been doing anything pulled out and set firmly in modern comics and just allowed to like smash into each other feels really satisfying and engaging. But maybe Alexis, maybe as the newer reader who doesn't have like an attachment to these characters, do you feel like Annihilation still had enough going on just by itself to be entertaining for you? 
I think so. I think I had enough that like it definitely kept my interest, but I really do wish I would have had the backward knowledge of it. Even just like I mentioned to Dallas earlier, um, I've never read anything with the Silver Surfer in it. I have no context of him as a whole. And um, some of these characters were like that. Like I had never read Nova before. So I did really like that story and getting into it with him. Um, But I feel like overall, yes, it was good. Um, I would probably like to read more of them. If I were, like, actually doing the whole thing, you know, like, you should just go for it and read the whole thing. But um, for the little bit that I saw, it was it was good. It was it was fun. I like that. Did you have a favorite character? Uh, <laughs> I do have to say Drax made me giggle a few times. I, I don't know if it's just because I got introduced to him through the movies first but when he actually did kill Thanos, I could not help but actually laugh out loud because I was like, oh, well, that's unfortunate for the story, but good for you. <laughs> I was like, talk about timing, but it did make me laugh. I remember feeling so devastated when I read that the first time because I fully was like, what the hell are they going to do? Yeah. Like, I love when a comic book, because I've been reading these long enough. I know comic books don't have stakes. Like all the stakes True. are pretend. I can but throw it out the window. When a story actually makes me buy it, like there's a moment towards the end of Invincible that I'm not going to spoil for Alexis that I was like, what the fuck is going on in this cave? Is this really what we're doing? And I bought it a thousand percent and I thought it was going to ruin my life. And like Annihilation was a similar way where I was like, stupid motherfucker, you killed Thanos? <laughs> that was the only way we were going to do this. What is going on? And I I had no idea how they were going to go forward. And still one of my favorite beats in this story. Like, mm. the big beats of Annihilation hit so hard every time. When you see Galactus strapped up, turned into a gun, you're like, holy shit. When you see Thanos dying, you're like, holy shit. And when Nova rips the guts out of Annihilus, the throat goat, and is like... <laughs> And that Jesus big Christ. double page spread blew my mind. Every time I think of that double page spread as one of the like most met Evan, you put it so well, the most metal double page spreads ever in a comic. Oh yeah. If you ever want to have a good time, listen to the doom or doom eternal soundtrack while reading Annihilation. It's fucking awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> that is <laughs> great. Great. That's a great poll. Yeah. Annihilation does feel like doom eternal. It really does. <laughs> Oh, Doom 2016, my beloved. Oh, my God. Got me through junior year of college. <laughs> it's weird. so good. Um, <laughs> <They're> weird? <laughs> what it's not you weird. Mean? It's actually... I'm oh, sorry. Uh, it's actually de- delightful. Uh, actually, de- uh, it's a commentary on masculinity and how men are portraying the Bible. Actually, I got to rip the throat out of demons and with my bare hands. And sometimes that's what you got to do at the end of a hard day of life. That's the closest I'll ever get to getting neck. All right. Um, what are you going to say before Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> that's what Richard Ryder said going at Annihilus. It's like, it's the only time I'm ever going to experience this. The deepest I'll ever go in the throat. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Richard Ryder. 
How big is penis? <laughs> the world may never know. He has a big helmet. That's all I'll say. All right. He's got a. Yeah. I like Richard Ryder a lot. I like him a lot. Every time he shows up in something, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like you. I want you in more stuff. Then he's like, I'm already in so many people, Dallas. What are you talking about? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, Dick. Whoa. I'm talking about stories here. And he's like, oh, yeah, I should be in more stories then. And that's that conversation every time. We're all going to sit there for a moment. I hate a man for that comment. If his name is Peter <laughs> oh, what did you think of the war setting of Annihilation? Do you feel like it works? Do you feel like it's a little anachronistic for superheroes? Because like reading Nova's war journals sometimes for me feels a little weird. He's like, we're out here on the front. And I'm like, what am I reading again? What is mm-hmm. happening? You're fighting bugs. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> That's how I feel every time I see a spider in the house. We're out here on the front lines. Get the broom. (laughs) (laughs) The best we can do is hold the line. (laughs) We call that a victory. (laughs) Hardened, grizzled war Alexis. (laughs) I was like, you're in blue and gold spandex. I don't care that you put a military vest on. What are you talking about? (laughs) I like how serious it takes itself. Like, it takes itself seriously while also understanding. I think for something like that, but sometimes we we want like comic like now. No, let me start over. Nowadays, for like comic book movies, we keep telling them to take themselves like less seriously and less seriously. But after like the '90s, when they took themselves like very seriously, and like comics started to, like kind of have a weird trajectory of like not knowing where to go, it was cool to have Annihilation come in and say we're still going to take ourselves seriously, but now the stakes are going to feel differently, and this it's not going to be serious in the sense of edginess. It's going to be serious in the sense of like. These are the real stakes. Here's where the characters will really react in the setting. So I think that's really cool. I think the war setting is, I think especially with Civil War coming out at the same time, it's cool to have a different take on the war setting. You had Civil War, which is like a bash him up, beat him up, Nick Millar story. And then you have Annihilation, which is really a space opera war fantasy story. So it felt a lot more epic while Civil War felt more, we can do this. Why not just throw our action figures together? That's a really solid point. And I think with the relatively unknown cast, Annihilation had to sell you on premise and quality more so than like title card matchups like Civil yeah. War was able to. And it's really fascinating to compare the two events next to each other because you've got all the A-listers and a bad story versus all the Z-listers <laughs> and a good story. That's true. And it's just crazy they came out at the same time. I still stand by Civil War would be a great story if it was in the Ultimate Universe, like it was supposed to be originally, but I digress. Oh, Ultimate Marvel. I, I knew thee well. I recently found out through Grant Morrison's Everyone at Home with the Ticker. It Grant did come up this episode. Ooh, um, did <laughs> but with... I was reading through Xanadoom, uh, Grant Morrison's Substack, and I found out that Multiversity 2 is like Grant making fun of Ultimatum. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And Grant's like, here are like 55 references in the background of issue two of Multiversity that are just fully making fun of Ultimatum. (laughs) And that made me pretty happy. They were like, that that was the most tone deaf event ever. (laughs) And I was like, wow, (laughs) you're really candid. I agree. 
which made me smile. Oh, yeah. Um, before we move into any listener questions, do we have any last thoughts about Annihilation or points you want to make sure to touch on? I want to touch on how different Peter Quill is first. Uh, Peter Quill kind of has this... I remember when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I didn't know who Peter Quill was. And so this is the version I knew was the movie version. And then afterwards, I read Annihilation. I was like, why would they ever change this? Especially after reading this version and then the Guardians of the Galaxy after this and the Avenger, or Annihilation Conquest. That Peter Quill feels entirely different, but still same. Like, they, they feel similar, but with, there's more care, I feel like, put into one or the other. And I love Peter Quill of the MCU and everything. But the Guardians of the Galaxy as a whole in the MCU compared to like this, they feel like they're taking the movie takes them even less seriously than the world they live in. Like the world, they're like, who's that? Who's Star Lord and stuff, which is funny and whatnot, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, it makes the movie also kind of goes like, we also don't care about who these people are, and but we'll make you care. When I feel like this movie kind of or like not movie, this this comic kind of says, you may not know who Peter Quill is, but here who here's who he is. Here's how he's going to help, and we'll we'll make you care from there. And the the story I think cared a little bit more about him, and I feel like it made me dislike, or it made me dislike MCU Peter Quill a little bit more, which is kind of a shame because before I was a big fan, um, and Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt doesn't help. But rather than that, I think it's just interesting seeing this different version of Peter Quill than you see in comics when Michael Brian Michael Bendis shows up and like MCUifies him. That's super fair. Lex, what did you think of the Guardians you know in this story? They were tough, man. They were way more tough than they are in the movies. Um, I feel like Gamora... I mean, in the movies, obviously, she's notoriously cutthroat, quote-unquote. But she's frightening. She's very frightening when she wants to be. (laughs) And maybe it's the thong. I don't know. Maybe it makes her tougher. Just She's just pushed on by absolute hate for her outfit but um no i i agree with evan and peter it's very interesting reading him in a comic than what it was in the movie so i don't know how i feel about him um i feel like i would have loved to see rocket raccoon in this just for the pure chaos (laughs) of it it's all i can imagine i just imagine him as the most chaotic being that exists which i love um, Drax also was it was interesting to get such a in-depth look that, look at him I guess too because sometimes he's and just from like the media that I've taken in he's a little bit more in the background of the other characters so that was for sure oh, interesting. we lost Leslie oh she's back Ooh. hello yeah hello? sorry we lost her for a second oh no oh no oh well but yeah, no, Drax. I'm. I was glad to get a little more, a little more look at him as a character. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I agree. I can't tell which of the Peter Quills I like better from the MCU and this, but it is interesting how different they are. Um, mm. I think I kind of like the charismatic lead in space, and I realize that isn't as much the tone of this. Like, it feels like the role of Richard Ryder is to be the character who overcomes the insurmountable odds, like with his very last breath, which is inspiring and fun and feels correct for this story. But when I think about Peter Quill in the MCU, I kind of like having 
a character who just showboats their way through stories like this. And like the sense of humor between Peter Quill and this and Peter Quill and the MCU are obviously very different, but I don't know. He was a, he was a very different character in this and it makes me want to, I've never read the app, the DNA run of guardians of the galaxy. And I want to read Annihilation Conquest and then that Guardians to get a more full view of where this character goes. Because based just on this Annihilation, I think I prefer where like Peter's at in the Al Ewing run way in the future to where he is right here. Yeah, I can see that too. I think with the Al Ewing run, though, for me at least, because I read Annihilation first, it kind of helps you see both for uh, Nova and for Star-Lord, seeing this trajectory of a character and how, like, the war, like, really affected them. Um, Al Ewing in uh, Last Annihilation, like, that Guardians of the Galaxy run in Last Annihilation, he really, like, hammers in, like, the trauma that you exp- he experienced during this event. And I think connected, um, it works well. And Al Ewing's just an amazing, does an amazing job all the time at connecting with, like, past iterations of the character, especially ones we haven't seen in a long time. Um but with Nova in particular, I think it's really cool to see that trajectory. And for Star-Lord, I think it still works with the exception that the Bendis stuff, like in between this, kind of really disrupts that. Because he becomes a completely different person for a little bit. Um, and it's kind of excused away in how Ewing run. But at the same time, it just doesn't mesh well with it at all. Yeah, Bendis's Guardians are... I honestly think that Bendis's Guardians feel more different than even the MCU and this feel. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the MCU obviously takes itself less seriously, but ultimately I feel like those characters aren't as different as Bendis's are. No, not at all. Else. Not close. <laughs> and I think sometimes those get combined in people's brains. They're like, oh, the MCUification of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, well, no. The Bendis run came out before the MCU stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it was also weird. So yeah. I... I want to be, I'm not impartial when it comes to Bendis, but I do want to say when he does good and when he does bad. And I don't like yeah. Guardians very much. I don't like Guardians. <laughs> I did um, like his Ben in that, though. His Ben Grimm writing in that, I, I liked a lot. He's a great Ben Grimm writer. Yeah. Listen, when he shows up, he shows up. It's just, yeah. it's hard to tell when he is going to show up. Yeah. It's always a gamble. And I will take that gamble every time because I'm an idiot. So, uh, yeah, same. Should we move into listener questions? Yes. The last thing I want to do is shout out Cammy real quick because Cammy is okay oh. in this and she's great in the Drax miniseries. But I, my first experience with, with her was from uh, Avengers Arena, which uh, no one should read, but I like a lot. I'm the only person that likes Avengers Arena and I'm a okay with that. Um, I think it's weird and I think all the criticism is fair, but also it gave me Cammy. And I got to see Nico show up. So, you know, shout out to Cammy. That's all I got. I know a contingent of people that like Avengers Arena. They just really aren't on Twitter. Oh, also last thing. Annihilation is like one of the best Marvel events that's ever been printed. Like for me, it's the best one. It's not my favorite, but I think it's the best event. I think it does a great job with its premise. It does a great job highlighting these different characters and putting them in a new light for new people, introducing them to people. When you read it as a whole, I don't know how great it is as being presentable as a first-time read or only reading the six issues in the prologue. But as a whole, I think it's what Marvel events should be. Introducing us to new characters, 
putting new emphasis on them. And it's, and if it's really going to establish a status quo, it has to do it in a big way. That's what Annihilation did. It established a new status quo in a huge way while introducing new characters that you end up loving. So I just want to give it a shout out for that because I think Annihilation is really cool and fun. And also, we didn't talk about it, but Nova rips out the guts of the main villain. Like the main villain's death is so cool and so worth it. Like reading all the pages, even if you don't like love it, it's all worth it to get to that end spread. And it's for my, it's the, like one of the coolest deaths and of my favorite, like one of my favorite villains. And it's still like, it's so cool. That's all I gotta say. It's right up there with my favorite event, Secret Wars 2015, when mm. Doom kills Thanos. Like those two moments for me mirror each other. And I'm just like, holy shit. Oh, this yeah. is bananas. This event or that last page should be talked about way more than that whole No More Mutants thing from um, House of M. Because I think it's way cooler. And also, the No More Mutants thing isn't the coolest thing that happens in the event. I think Hawkeye's death is the coolest thing that happens. I don't know if you guys, you guys didn't read House of M right? yet, right? We have not done House of M on here, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. I Sorry. Like House of M. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. Don't worry about it. Um, no, I agree. I think Annihilation is cool because it's status quo stuck. Like, when you look back at events, I was asked over on TikTok today, someone was like, could you walk me through how to follow all of Marvel's events without, like, following all the stuff in between? And I was like, you were reading comics wrong. I was like, that is the dumbest <laughs> way to read a comic book, in my opinion. But go off. But, like, <laughs> as far as events that matter, events that feel like they set up things, they're good themselves, the books after them are good. The only thing that rivals Annihilation for me is Secret Wars 2015. Like each of those felt like a payoff of established stakes and that then created a fresh new start where books could thrive after them and because of them. And I think that makes Annihilation really special. It definitely earns it earns its high regard among fans. There aren't a lot of people who have read Annihilation that don't love Annihilation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than Alexis, but (laughs) (laughs) I just don't have a brain big enough. Um, Alexis, do you want to read the email from Mullet Overlord? Yes, let me pull it up. Mullet Overlord. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You really enjoyed that one. (laughs) Yeah, that one was good. Um, Okay. Hello. Oh, hello, Von Doom and the Comics Collective. I'm very excited to see that y'all are covering Annihilation as it's one of the stories that really got me into comics um, and probably still my favorite event. I have two questions for you. The first is how much of readers love for Annihilation do you think originally came from it being an alternative to Civil War and the Earth's hero status quo um, cases by it? Does that make sense? Yeah, that? and the Earth's heroes status, status quo, quo cases by it. Yeah, sorry, that's a mouthful. Sorry about that. Yeah, you're over good. It. Um, and then second question is mostly for Lexi, but also the lads. How recognizable did you find the characters in comparison to their MCU counterparts, especially guardians like Star Lord and Drax? Also, best wishes to Anne. I hope her newest evolution is going as painlessly as possible. Sincerely, Mullet Overlord. Brad. <laughs> so how much of Annihilation do you feel like comes from people just liking it more than Civil War? I think we're the least 
capable people to answer this question because we weren't around when Civil War and Annihilation were coming out, I think. Um, yeah, I read them both in a vacuum. Like they, there yeah. was no comparison for me no. between the two other than the site. Yeah. And until you like we're, we were talking about it before, I didn't even or I didn't even realize that this was made because or like to like not counter, but as a side thing of Civil War, where it was like, oh, you can read this or this. And I've never heard anyone talk about it as in that way, where it's being like, oh, Annihilation, blah, 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 Civil War. It's always just like, oh, best events. And then they'll be in the same list, but it's never like, oh, yeah, Annihilation and Civil War in the same sentence otherwise. So that's that's interesting. So I have, I have no idea how to answer the question. I know for people at the time, at least the people I know that were reading at the time, Civil War felt like the one that mattered, but they ended mm. up not liking, whereas Annihilation was like the cool indie thing that was going on. Like, are you guys reading this weird thing out in space that's also going on right now? And they're like, no, I'm reading 94 tie-ins to Civil War and hating my life. <laughs> I don't know. I think events being read in a vacuum is a very interesting thing because when you look back at like the age of Marvel events from like 2000 to 2015, mm-hmm. there are like two of those that you can just pick up and read and be like, that was so fun. All the other ones, like they have to be read within the grander scope of everything else that's going on. And like, they felt very big to the people that were experiencing them, but their trades don't actually carry more like secret invasion that is not a good story <laughs> like just by <laughs> itself you know but all the build-up to it made people very excited and made people like oh my gosh who is a scroll but like just reading that trade it's not good <laughs> whereas <laughs> annihilation is good uh, I, I enjoyed civil war and secret invasion as a kid so i do think those are very good entryways into comics if you never read comics before I do think as like fans of comics, maybe not Secret Invasion so much. I think Secret Invasion is held in higher regard still than uh, Civil War by most fans. Unless I'm speaking on my ass, which, you know, totally fine. But I do think Civil War especially is like people who've been reading comics or who read Civil War and then read out the comics and revisited Civil War have less love for. And that can't be the same for Annihilation or Secret Wars at this point. I agree. Preach. I agree. Um, we kind of answered the MCU question. Does anyone have any other thoughts about the MCU characters versus their counterparts in this? No, I think I I've, I got my two my two cents out on those ones. I would like to say that well, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, both of them are great. They're one of the best. They're the best MCU movies out there. Um, what they did to Drax is uh, a hate crime. It's a criminal offense to people of color everywhere. And I think James Gunn should be tried uh, for what he did. Because he's really cool in this comic. And then in like, the fucking movies, he's dumb as bricks. And he can't do anything. He does nothing through either movie. He doesn't even get to... like, Even like in... And this also goes to the Russo Brothers. Let me rant for a minute. <laughs> even to the Russo Brothers. Because in Infinity War, neither Drax or Nebula get a single chance at going at Thanos. And it's insane. Because they're the two that, besides Gamora, who are like most connected to Thanos... And instead, Iron Man gets to get the final blow. It doesn't make any sense. They don't even get to touch him or interact with him during that whole movie. So um, that's all I got to say. What do I know? I agree. I remember reading this and being like, oh, Drax is cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) He has like pathos. That's nuts. I literally had that. Yeah, I literally had that realization today. 
I was like, oh, see, he he is a character. Yeah. There, there's a lot to bite into with all the characters in Annihilation. Like, it feels like you will leave with some new favorite characters because of this book. Yeah. Which is great. Um, Evan, do you want to read the question from Joshua Gomez? I will. Subject, Annihilation. Hello, Collective. Annihilation absolutely resurrected what was at the time the utterly dead cosmic Marvel setting. With all the many reset status quos and backstories, who do you each think came the farthest from pre to post Annihilation? What was y'all's favorite glow-ups? Saludos. Joshua Gomez. Do you guys have so, favorite glow-ups? Okay. From pre-Annihilation to post-Annihilation. I didn't read a lot of cosmic stuff before Annihilation, so it's hard for me to say. So I'm going to spitball and say that Star-Lord went from being a campy weirdo to being a cold military guy, then after Annihilation to being a cool military guy. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. As a fan of Annihilus, do you feel like the story did anything to revitalize his character? No, he's the exact same character he's always been, and that's great. He, <laughs> he's the, hey. it's so it's so weird because we were talking about how like the setting is like so war and like gray and dry and then they took a nihilist which is the most campy villain i could think of and they just threw him in here and let him do exactly what he's always been doing and it works so well so i love that he doesn't change at all um, well he literally changes at the end but he doesn't change at all and even when he comes back during the hickman run he's still pretty much the same character and then he comes back for um bef- the pre- for Annihilation Scourge, which is like kind of a a random Annihilation event, he comes back and he's still the same character. So he doesn't change ever. He's the most consistent villain of all time, and he's amazing because of that. Listen, he's got one note, and it's a real good note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think my favorite glow-up is... This is going to sound like a, a cop-out, but like Marvel Cosmic as a whole. Because before mm. this event, Marvel Cosmic under Jim Starlin was like this big sprawling space opera about Thanos and Adam Warlock, like coming to terms with what it meant to be a godlike being and Jim Starlin's experience in the Vietnam War, which is like an interesting thing to read on its own, but it didn't feel like it had a lot of relevance anymore by the time Annihilation came out. Like not a lot of people were like, I wonder what this 70 year old man thinks of Nam, but with Annihilation, they take Marvel Cosmic and they say, we can make this relevant for today. They bring it forward. They set it in this pertinent at the time war setting. They upgrade the characterizations. They upgrade the sort of pros behind all of this. And they bring everyone back out into space for Marvel. And I think Marvel Cosmic, both in the MCU and in the movies, is some of the most interesting stuff that goes on at Marvel. Like Marvel is very famously the world outside your window and like very grounded real world problems, but they also have this wacky, crazy side out there in space that I love to explore and it doesn't feel like I get anywhere else. So I'm grateful that Annihilation brought us back out into space after it had stagnated. I don't think that was a cop out answer at all. I think that was very smart and what we all felt. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. Very well thought. Um, Thank you. 
I will just say from my little peanut brain, um, <laughs> I have no context of Gamora before Annihilation, but I have a little bit of context after from the one that the Guardians of the Galaxy run that we just did. And I really liked how she came out of Annihilation into that run with the one that we just did. Um, which one was that? Who was that That's by? Al, Al Ewing. Al Ewing. That one ruled. Loved that. Loved, loved, loved that. But um, yeah, I feel like it was very true to her character just from all the context that I have had of her forever. She's pretty straightforward for the most part. Um, and she's always just been a favorite of mine. So she rules. Great choice. Yeah. I really liked Ronan the Accuser too. Yeah, I feel like he's, he, cool. he's he's an underrated fave of mine in this story. Like he just got his own shit going on, and and he succeeds. He has a great arc. <laughs> oh, the, one of my favorite moments actually is when they use the Kree cities and launch them up to attack the Annihilation Wave, and they're like, "How are they doing this? What's where are they doing?" And they show like the cities launching up from the ground. But that was awesome. I love the part like every time. That Ronan was like, you are Cree. You are better than this. Like, remember who you are. I was like, I remember who I am. Like, you're not a Cree. You're not a Cree. You got it. (laughs) He's the king of speeches. Nova would be like, guys, push on. And then Ronan would be like, are you men or are you children? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) You tell me. He's like, fuck these bugs up for Hala. And I was like, okay. Like every time he was, and then when he busted his hammer on that dude, I was like, yeah. "Hell yes, go off, King!" Oh, <laughs> I love you Ronan. I I do know that I mentioned earlier that I thought his costume looked like Doctor Doom, but then I remembered uh, Doctor Bong from last week. <laughs> Doctor Bong, <laughs> he looks just like Doctor Bong. Listen, he does oh. have the exact same silhouette as Doctor Bong. He does. His like. It's a power move, yeah. frankly. I bet you didn't know Dr. Bomb- Bong had it in him to say all that. Dr. Bong. <laughs> all right. I have an update from Miss Anne Yay. and her question. So I'm going to read it off. It says, hey, all just an update. Surgery went so well. Recovery has already been a long and bumpy road, but pain and discomfort ain't got nothing on me. And she sent a flex emoji. I'm healing like a boss ass bitch and will be up and moving again in no time. In regards to Annihilation, it was a great time for all these minor characters who had been long forgotten or abandoned and revitalized so many into versions that today are actual popular media classics. Which characters from this event do you wish would take off in the same ways that Rocket Raccoon and Groot have? Are there any with that potential? Also, general question, what's your favorite movie that you knew nothing about walking into, but you came out and just freaking loved it? Like it's now a staple in your library, a perfect film, and you found it by pure accident. Evan, keep killing it. You fit the show perfectly. Lexi, I love you starting the show. You bring the perfect energy to it right out of the gate. Dallas, I need you to stop being so damn smart and handsome. Keep well, and I'll see you soon. Love you loads. Ann Eilis. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) She really got us with that one. She's a genius for that. So are there characters from this event you want to see become as big as Rocket and Groot have become in the public conscious? Nova. I think Nova deserves that. (laughs) So two answers right out of the gate. No and Nova. (laughs) 
close. They're basically said, the same. He said no, and she said no. I want Annihilus to be a household name. <laughs> I want my mother to be like that funky little bug man. Because my parents love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. They do. That was when my father and mother accepted me being a comic nerd as like an okay thing. Because that damn because raccoon started they, talking. They were not going to see that movie. They were like, we liked Iron Man, but a talking raccoon in a tree. And I was like, please, please go with me, please. It's going to be so fun. And they didn't. And they didn't go with me. And I went home and I was like, guys, it was so good. And so then they finally watched it (laughs) and they loved it. And they, to this day, they'll be like, I still can't believe they made me care about a raccoon and a tree. (laughs) Crazy. It was the soundtrack. That's 100% what did it it for It was the whole package. That first Guardians movie is probably my favorite MCU movie, honestly. Mm. It's a good one. But I want a nihilist to have that effect. I want my dad to have an opinion about a nihilist. An opinion about a bug. That is the goal. <laughs> See, that's my fear, though, is that I'm afraid of people discovering characters I love and then talking about them so much that I don't like them anymore. It hasn't happened really yet, but there's it's become so common for people to have, like, really weird or opinions I just don't care for and I don't want to hear anymore. Then I hear them and then I'm annoyed about my favorite character, which I don't want to be. Like, right now, it's with Reed Richards. Everyone has a fan cast for Reed Richards. No one likes Reed Richards, though, except for me. So I'm just like, what, what do you guys actually want? You just want John Krasinski to be in this movie. That's what this is. That's fine. Just say that, though. I don't want to hear it, though. So that's my cynical side. Like, more optimistically, I want people to love the characters I love and have their own opinions and yada, yada, yada. So I would agree with Nihilus. I think Nova's a great choice. Uh, and I think any character um, literally in history well, actually, nope. Not any character. Most characters in history can be revamped for a modern audience or like find a crowd if they're given a chance. And so I would love if the MCU is introducing people to characters that I like and it's their big time, then they should do that. And I hope everyone discovers Gwenpool because of uh, this comic. I agree. I also, because of Annihilation, I hope we get a really, really, really well thought out Luke Cage movie. I, I really liked I liked his role in Annihilation a lot. Oh yeah, when Luke um, Cage, no, I won't spoil it. Yeah, yeah. Well, listener, if you know Luke Cage's role in Annihilation, let us know in the comments of this post. What's Twitter. up, YouTube? Remember to like and subscribe and leave a comment in the post below about what you no! thought of Luke Cage on Planet. Oh, I almost spoiled it, but you know if I know if you know I know. <laughs> leave a comment. Help the algorithm. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> on, uh, make sure to hit that bell and like and, and like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Gross. Smash <laughs> it, baby. That was it. That did it for me. Smash, I got the egg. Smash that much. dirty little like button. Um, <laughs> ew, ew. <laughs> yeah. We're no longer YouTube. And scene. <laughs> and scene. Ooh. And second question, what is a movie you knew nothing about and had no expectations for that you now love? Um, I feel like it'd be embarrassing if I didn't say Stardust because that was now our whole personality of this podcast. Is that we like that show? And I accidentally found it when I was like seven. Mm. I like it. How about you, Evan? Uh, I'm having a hard time thinking. I feel like most movies I don't know anything going into. So I'm going to go off a limb and say uh, Bodies, 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 just for now. Because I think it was really good and people people should see it. 
Wait, uh, no, Drive My Car. Sorry, Drive My Car. People haven't watched Drive My Car. It's like three hours long. I get it. Yeah, everyone needs to watch Drive My Car. One time I was almost late to D&D because I was watching Drive My Car. So I thought it was going to be two hours. And then two hours and I was like, how are they going to wrap this up in five minutes? <laughs> and then it went on for another hour. So watch Drive My Car. I like that. Uh, about Time is the one for me. Because looking at the poster for About Time, I very much thought it was going to be like that Amelia Clark movie with the guy in the wheelchair. I don't remember the name of that movie. Like, that was the vibe I got from the poster. I was like, oh, this is like a mid-2000s, like, charming rom-com thing. And then it became one of my favorite movies of all time. And 100% didn't expect that. Like, going into that movie, I was like, I'm watching you because I like Love Actually. And then I was sobbing by the end. So, about time is my answer. I also have an honorable mention, Top Gun. Holy shit, yeah, Top Gun Maverick, I thought Maverick? it was going to be garbage. I like, I'm yeah. only going to this movie because my dad got us tickets at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yep, Came and out I've of seen that it. movie, and I was like, hmm. I've seen it three times. Mm, slaps. Ooh. I have given $60, well, including my wife, I have given the U.S. military $120 for that movie. <laughs> Purely for Miles Teller, the end. Frankly, I agree that man. they need more jets. And who? Hangman. The under the the one that we're not supposed to like, but the one that you do oh, like. Oh, Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. What do you think of Glenn Powell as Johnny Storm? People been as Johnny Storm. What do you think? Too old? Don't make me comment. Yeah. He should play Hal Jordan or Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. I don't give a shit about Ghost Rider, but that is an interesting thing you just said. You know who my yep. boyfriend says should play Ghost Rider? Who? The one guy from Walking Dead. What's his name? Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. <laughs> yeah. That's a popular one. Sorry, Doge, if you're listening to this. My friend Doge is not a fan of that one. <laughs> it's all right. Shout out, Shout out Doge. Um, Lex, do you want to read Doug Smith's question? Of course. Let me get it. All right. Doug Smith says, hey, Comics Collective, I love your choice of book this week. Annihilation is seen as one of the greatest ev- Greatest event comics in recent memory. I'd argue mostly because it wasn't afraid to make major shakeups to the cosmic side of Marvel. This has me thinking, if any of you had the chance, what corner of fiction would you smash up and rebuild? Hope you enjoy the book and happy casting. Hashtag justice for NovaCore. Yeah, you're right. Doug Smith. I got an answer if you both want to think. Yes, literally. I would love someone to go in and smash up Doctor Strange and Weird World and just like all of the fantasy side of Marvel. You can even throw Thor in there, frankly, but like make a high fantasy corner of Marvel. We have so much science. We have so much sci-fi. We have so much like grounded police procedural, like vigilante justice. I feel like the genre of high fantasy could be really well served by all these sorcerers and weird monsters and nine realms running around. We're in the middle of a high fantasy renaissance with stuff like House of the Dragon and Rings of Power, which I love both of, by the way. And I think we could just capitalize on that. There aren't a lot of fantasy comics, especially from the big two, but just in general. And so I think that would be something I would love to see someone come in and just smash up. Because when Jason Aaron 
came in and revitalized Doctor Strange. It was awesome. It was like, wow, this is great. And then everyone has just been playing that same note for 12 years and it is boring again. And I tried to get into Death of Doctor Strange and Strange by Jed McKay. I do not like them. I don't see what everyone else is like. Oh, finally, a good Doctor Strange book. I feel like y'all are crazy. That is the most boring book I have ever read in my entire life. And I wanted to like it. I was like, I want, oh, Clea Strange, a Sorcerer Supreme. That sounds so fun. Holy shit, it's so boring. Makes me want to pop my eyes out and juggle them. I'm sorry. So I want them to fix fantasy side of Marvel. Would you include Excalibur with that? Yes, I would love that. I want, I know that Excalibur is like having its little X-Men moment with Teeny Howard and Captain Britain, but like excise it from the X line and bring it over to the fantasy line. Like other worlds could be so dope. Captain Britain hanging out with Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom could make pop in appearances to play with his magic side. Cause I feel like half the time Marvel forgets half the time. I feel like Marvel doesn't even know how to sell the threat of doom beyond like doom is doom, which like I love, but sometimes I forget he is like next in line, best sorcerer after Doctor Strange. And I shouldn't be something I forget. I don't know. It feels ripe. They should do it. They should let me do it. Hire me to do it. Marvel. That's a good idea. Justice for Dallas. Justice for Dallas. Hashtag it. (laughs) All right. I went on a rant. Either of you two have, have anything that you want to blow up? Uh, yeah, well, Lexi's thinking. There's two that I would do. For the Marvel side, I would want to really have an, uh, a bigger exploration or event for, like, the Midnight Sun cast of people. So, like, something that combines Ghost Rider and Blade. Because Blade never had a good—I don't want to be mean, but Blade's never had a comic run that I've enjoyed. So I'd really want him to have some big part to it. And the vampire stuff he's doing right now, he's, like, the, uh, the bodyguard for vampires. That's really cool and new for him. I don't want to see that play out more. I want to see what uh, Black Knight's up to, how that would interact with, like, maybe the, like, Magic's on the Midnight Suns and so is Wolverine, so how would they interact with that? So, things like that. Ghost Riders, obviously, maybe Venom. Um, so, if they just, like, the darker side of Marvel and, like, mix it up, that'd be really interesting. For DC, it's really strange because I feel like, in terms of popularity, DC has a more popular... Um, cosmic character, which is Green Lantern. I think it's the most popular cosmic character from Marvel or DC. But I don't think Green Lanterns have done anything interesting in a while, and I don't think the New Gods have been doing anything at all. So you have this whole cosmic side of DC that's not getting explored or revitalized at all. So I would really like to see how that gets played out. Um, if they included the Green Lanterns, like Starfire and her race, um, New Gods... Uh, I don't know, probably Tom King in some way. Uh, if that was all like explored and hyped up and built up, that'd be really interesting. I agree. Alexis, is there anything you want to see blown up? I don't know if I have enough context to answer that question. I feel pretty content with the things that I'm reading right now. I do really like Evan's DC idea, though. That does slap. I would definitely put into that media that sounds awesome what about my oh, idea you little we also love girl? dallas's idea i'm gonna crawl through your screen like the ring what the hell <laughs> like the ring she says there have been two ideas here tonight one of them good and one of them dallas's <laughs> yes the end. that's what i'm here for to keep you i like everyone's idea so far <laughs> 
<laughs> Except- I would like Lexi's too. If Who she's votes here. for Devin's? <laughs> Uh, all right. Who wants to read Joe's question to ring it out? I'll take it. <clears throat> Subject annihilation episode. Hi, all. Hope is not too late to send in. It's not. Kept meaning to. I kept forgetting. It's okay. For quite a while, I thought the annihilation wave was an energy wave of sorts. It's not. Until I read an issue in which it featured and released it. What? In which it featured and released it was and, actually and an I realized. of various creatures. Thank you. Until I read an issue in which. Wait, what? <laughs> What do you mean, I realized? No, I read an issue in which it was featured and realized it was actually... Oh, okay. It featured and, re- and realized... Oh, I see. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. For quite a while, I thought Annihilation Wave was an energy wave of sorts until I read an issue in which it was featured and I realized it was actually an army of various creatures and beings and things. It's just bugs. My question is, what is your biggest misconception you had about anything in comics until you realized how wrong it was? Also, more of a John question, but what music have you all been into lately? Thanks. All the best, Joe. I'm assuming this is Joe Loves Comics. Thank you, Joe. It is. Thanks, Joe. Lex, have you had any misconceptions about comics that were cleared up? Uh, yes. I just... <laughs> Hmm. Maybe I should. Where to begin? <laughs> Maybe I should not make a mean comment. Um, do it, do it, do it, do, do it. Be mean, be mean, be mean, be mean. were just for skinny little tiny white boys who had never seen a girl in real life. But here we are. I'm a girl, and I walked into a comic book store the other day and made someone's day. But um, I love comics. I really believe that they are for literally everyone. I think that they're so fun and everybody can find something that they like, no matter the genre. Because yes, I mean, we're familiar with the Marvel and the DC and the chokehold that they have on comics in the common media perception. Like You could say like everyone's like, oh, when you think of comics, you think of Marvel and DC. But no, have you ever read the Prince and the Dressmaker? No, that one will make you cry and ruin your life <laughs> and make you want to read it again, which you will. So that's all I have to say. They're good. I like it. I had a misconception where I thought DC Comics was good, and then their comic books over the last 10 years proved me wrong. So How dare I, that's you been, talk like that when Anne can't defend herself? That's been real cleared up. <laughs> uh. Uh, you guys are being mean. I'm going to go more on the funny side. Uh, I thought Al Ewing was black for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy to be supporting a black author. Because I read, I was reading Mighty Avengers. And I was like, I'm so happy to be supporting this. Because like, it has a very black cast. It's black and Latino and Spider-Man. And so I was like, I was very happy to be supporting this book. And I assumed the author was black. And then he went on to do The Ultimates, which stars like mostly black and Latinos and Captain Marvel, the token white one. And I was like, oh. Like, this author is doing a bunch of black characters, and writing them well is the biggest part. Like, at the time, all the black characters I was reading, I was like, all right, this is very stereotypical, or they're, like, really watered down or being saved by Michael Bendis. And so I was just like, this guy has to be black. His name is Al Ewing, and he's writing black characters. So, like, what am I missing here? And then I read Immortal Hulk, and I saw a picture of him at the end of a book. And I was like, oh, when did this happen? (laughs) So... That was a fun realization and uh, a moment where, you know, so shout out to Al Ewing, uh, who's, I still think black, but whatever. Well, I'll let it go. Have either of you ever seen New Girl? Yes. Yes. You know, the scene where Schmidt is looking for, um, oh, who is he looking for? But he goes to the, the preschool and he goes, a white man. 
No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's that moment in is that moment in Elvis where uh, Tom Hanks' character realizes that Elvis White needs to be marketable. He's like, he he's white. What? He's white. <laughs> I think my real answer when things were blown up for me is I very much had the perception as well that comic books were just the big two. And I was very excited about that for about the first year that I was reading comics. And then I noticed the whole section of my comic store in high school, which shout out to them for doing this. It had a whole wall of just creator own books. And I saw how interesting the covers looked and I saw and I just started picking up things that looked interesting. And I fell down this rabbit hole of just finding out that it is not just superheroes I like. Well, I do like them. It's the comic book medium that I'm in love with. Mm. Where today I'm reading uh, Darwin Cook's Richard Stark's Parker Martini Edition. And I'm going through and seeing how he adapts these novels that he loves into comic books is fascinating. It makes me feel so in love with this medium. And that wouldn't have happened if I had just stayed with my preconceived notion that these were just the source material for the movies that I had liked. So that's my real answer. I stand by my other one though, too. I I'm waiting for DC to be good in, in the modern era. Tragic. I stand by my Repoison Ivy. Okay. That one is pretty good. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty good book. Pretty good book. Oh, second question was um, also more of a general question, but what music have you all been into lately? I've been getting back into musicals again. I've been enjoying them a lot. Um, I love musicals. I've started listening to my musical playlist again, and I'm having a good time in the shower once more. Um, I finally found a version of Suddenly Seymour that I actually like. It's the Hunter Foster version. I don't like the Rick Moranis version. I don't... I like the the new cast version for... um, they did one, they did like a revival like a year ago with, um, oh, I can't remember any of the <laughs> cast members' names, but I saw them perform live on like TV and I was like, they did such a great job and they're not on Spotify. So I've been struggling to find a version I like, but I finally found the Hunter Foster version. So I'm having a good time with musicals. You are speaking Lexi's language. I love that. So I try. Much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Have you seen Hades Town yet? Of course. Okay, good. I, I saw that on Broadway. I was so, so happy. Kid. I am a theater kid. I was in musicals. <laughs> that was my shit. But anyway, that's a whole anyway, other podcast. That's that a new I'll podcast. <laughs> um, I have to say honorable mention for Elton John and Britney Spears' new song, Hold Me Closer. Love that for Elton. Go ahead and sample your own music, King. I love you. Uh, but no, that song slaps and everybody should go listen to it because it's Britney's comeback and we all need to be supportive of Britney because she's the bomb. The end. I am fully a broken person who has started listening to Christmas music the other day. I, I was at work. I was at work and I like I needed I needed to feel something. And so I put on Kelly Clarkson's Wrapped in Red and had a jolly little time. I listened to the Charlie Brown Christmas album. And then I also had a big day of Front Bottoms albums the other day. I like to listen to music in albums. And I listened to the entire discography of the Front Bottoms over the course of a day. They're my favorite band of all time. So it's not like a new thing for me to be listening to them. But I love that you shout out Elton John, Alexis, because I 
independent of his new song i had like an elton john day the other day where i was like i always forget how many songs of elton john's i love until elton i like john click has on one i, love I click on one and i'm like and then i see the spotify like his top five or whatever i'm like oh yeah he has that one too mm-hmm. oh yeah he has that one too and then i've listened to like 15 Great elton john songs bangers. In a row. listen he might look exactly like our grandmother but he sings like an angel Which one? grandma janey have you seen a recent picture of elton john uh he looks Carson. just he Carson's looks grandmother just like grandma janey looks just like elton john not grandma janey grandma christy from tree mountain looks just, i gotta send you guys a picture oh my god <laughs> that same grandma He's who looks like elton john, that same grandma who lo- looks like elton john went to an elton john concert once and I don't think she knew Elton John was gay before that concert, Probably which I don't not. know how you don't know that. She's like, <laughs> like the biggest Elton John fan in the world and like didn't know. And she was like, there were so many bananas and cherries like, oh my God, like just like that oh. just all over the concert. Or like there were these giant inflatable like bananas and cherries just like floating around the concert. She's like, I think those were penises. And I was like, yes, Grandma, Jane, they, they were. were, they were. That's not an I think like. For a moment, I thought you were saying that your grandma was calling people bananas and cherries. And I was like, is this a new slur I'm hearing for the first time? Is this a new old lady slur? I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Just made up a new slur. He's looking around Elton John Costa like, what's with all these bananas? (laughs) Apples. The fuck? (laughs) What's up with these fruity individuals? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, damn. Damn. <laughs> damn that's kind of fire Janie okay wow. <laughs> oh man yeah so music is fun I I'm kind of more of a podcast guy which I know is the whitest mm. thing I've said all day but I I realized today that my favorite podcast because when I went to go do my ecclesiastical mission I took a two-year break from all media and I've caught up on pretty much everything. And then I realized, like, last week, I was like, there are two years of my favorite podcast I never listened to. And so <laughs> I've just been going through their backlog like a crazy person. And they've never missed a week in 15 years, which, like, wow. is, is insane to what me. What podcast is, is this? It's called I Fanboy, the Pick of the Week podcast. They right. talk about comic books. <laughs> I have listened years. to them. They have like a really fond place in my heart because when I first got into comic books, I didn't know anyone else that was into comic books. And I wasn't into any like chat rooms or social media where like other people were into comic books. And so I clicked on the podcast app because I had heard like what a podcast was. And I just typed in comic books and their show came up and it became like this. It was the only socialization I had with comic books was like listening to these guys talk about how they loved it too. And I, I would make like a special little ritual for it where every Sunday when the episode dropped, I would go into our, my parents like reading room by myself. And I would like listen for an hour and I'd be like, Oh, that's crazy. They thought that about this. Oh. And so like those guys will always have a special place in my heart. You know, like they were my first comic book friends and they, they don't even know I exist, but I love that's their show. Awesome. And it's been I very podcasts. It's been very fun listening again to them. Because my that two year gap was September 2015 to September 2017, so like I didn't know what they thought about all new, all different Marvel, and so it's fun to hear them talking about all these books that I love so much. <laughs> so that's been fun. That's been my real what I've been listening to lately. 
is that. I love that. Yeah. I'm glad you have more of that to go back to. That's always a good feeling. It was. It was like finding a $10 bill in my pocket. I was like, how have I not thought of this? It's yeah. been seven it's- years, Dallas. How'd you not think of this? <laughs> That's like when I found out that I missed like half of a season of Community after my first watch through. And I went back and I was like, what? I never seen this episode before. <laughs> I was having a great time. I missed like six episodes. I love Community. I do love Community. I don't know why I can't get into it. I don't think it's your sense of humor. I don't think it is. You know what I love, though? Which, again, I don't think is your sense of humor. Like this. Arrested Development. Arrested Development mm. is my favorite sitcom of all time. Also, I've tried watching that one. Can't get into it. I liked it on my first watch through. I tried watching it again. I just wasn't vibing with it at all. It was very interesting. Oh, I love it. It's a banana, Michael. How much could it cost? $20? That's the funniest one. <laughs> oh, and she's like... Here's a hundred dollars. Go see a Star War. That's my, I say. <laughs> yeah. I say that to my wife all the time. All right, should we wrap this episode up? Let's wrap I it up. I mean, I guess if we really want to. We got House. I of the want Dragon to, but we have to. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. If you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective. Or our TikTok account where Dallas is the star. It's at the Comics Collective, just all spelled out, just like that. Or you can find each of us at our personal Twitter accounts at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Lou underscore comics. Evan, what are your socials? I'm Evan Von Doom, and you can find me at Evan Reads Comics on the Twitter.com. You could also listen to my podcast that I co-host with Dallas of Comic Book Collective Fame, um, where each is called What's Next, a comic podcast, where each month we go over the monthly solicitations that are coming out in three months from Marvel, DC, Image, and other comic studios and publishers. Um, we also have a Twitter for that called at What's Next Podcast, I want to say. Um, and if you want to plug for me, I would say that you should, and you really like Annihilation, you should double, definitely check out the Guardians of the Galaxy video game, which was slept on upon its release because of bad press, but is a phenomenal game with a phenomenal story, and it really is like my favorite versions of the characters so far. Hell yeah. I, it's going to be in my pile of video games I catch up on when I finally buy a PS5. When yeah. God of War Ragnarok comes out, I am buying a PS5, and I am disappearing from my wife for three straight days to play that game it's gonna be really hard in your singular room apartment it is i'm gonna have to lock her in the closet <laughs> but you gotta do what you gotta do i'm doing it for ragnarok baby it's worth it it's in november exactly <laughs> it's so close if you enjoyed the show and want to show your support please go to apple podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review and we will read it off on the show we haven't had one in a while so if you really want to like make our day go give us a little written review on apple podcasts you will be our new favorite listener and finally feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at the comics collective at gmail.com we've appreciated the uptick in just general questions we have a lot of fun with those so obviously if you have something to say about the book reading we love that but uh, we love to hear from you if you just have something random to say you can do that too yes please do Oh, Sorry, say something random. Just an example. <laughs> Damn. Damn, you're so quirky. Damn. All right, everyone. You know I'm going to quit. This is my two weeks notice right here, right now. That was that for 13th reason. <laughs> that, was, that was it. That was it right there. 
Uh, no, but if you want to, everyone, it's your choice. But please join us next week for our episode on our part two of our Invincible run with Evan again. Evan's not, we're not getting rid of Evan for a long time. So join us again next week for round two of Invincible. Issues Woo. 37 to 72. That's a lot. Jesus Christ. It's the same as last time. It's the same amount as last time. It was long last time, too. <laughs> but all right. We will see you then, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.